0: I'm Gigi Johnson, and this is Amplify Music Conversations, where we captured the voices and music panels from the Amplify Music 2021 virtual conference. Over the course of the panels, you'll hear more than 100 panelists from a wide variety of cities and countries, each working in their local communities to recover from the challenges and changes of the pandemic. You'll hear about new community models, collaborations and ways of organizing each recovering and transforming their own music environment.
1: The Performing Arts Readiness Group was put together several years ago after some big storms wrecked the Eastern Seaboard and the Andrew Mellon Foundation said with good planning we could help these goals get midi- these these harms get mitigated and I've been doing emergency planning work through that group after producing 120 festivals around the country I started to see the um correlations between the planning we did for that and the planning that cities would need if they underwent fast change and we know that um that with climate change and other stuff coming on it's time to get ready for that i'm a very positive person but i also got a little bit of chicken little in me and that makes me feel like uh this is the work i've been called to do there's um, kindred spirit in that with Molly Quinlan Hayes, and of course, uh, Kate Durio and her group know all about the power of music to help communicate things in these hard times and good times and happy times. So um, we're going to talk about this the arts organizations from a couple of perspectives today. And in fact, they're sort of polar in some ways, like the Northern Lights and a the Tornado. These are the sort of things that we we have on earth in these good times and bad times, and we've all gone through a lot this year. So... Um, Molly, would you talk a little bit about, um, I said you're a Swiss army knife, you know, but what, what, what blades are we working on today? Scissors or toothpicks?
2: Sure. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Molly Quinlan Hayes, and as Matthew mentioned, I'm kind of, um, representing a triumvirate of arts service organizations today, the Performing Arts Readiness Project, um, the, um, National Coalition for Arts Preparedness and Emergency Response. Known to its friends as NCAPER, and Arts Ready, a national initiative out of South Arts, and all of us are trying to help the arts community, artists, uh, individual artists as well as organizations, become more resilient and create a better national safety net um, for uh, whatever kind of crisis folks um, experience. And I'm speaking to you from North Georgia, uh, the ancestral lands of the Eastern Cherokee and the Lower Muskogee Creek people. And thank you, Matthew, for starting us off with a reminder that as much as we're going to yabber and talk for thirty minutes, it's all about the music. So thank you for starting us there. Um, We, uh, as we kind of prepare for the session, talked about the 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 last year has really been a time of arts organizations um, doing a lot of resetting and in a lot of different ways. And um, as we talk today, I'd like to explore some of the ways that um, we've seen that happen in. ways that are, are are productive and healthy. And I would say uh, uh, so much of that has been about looking outside of the organization and connecting with communities. And I know we're going to talk about that. And as Kate talks about how we can build back better, um, how we do those um, those outside connections and collaborations. And I also hope we'll talk about the fact that this has been a, a time, hopefully for a lot of self-reflection and really some existential um, conversations and reflections, and for some organizations, that's meant some rebirth. For others, it's meant a time to think about what that future might look like and how the life cycle might be in different places. Um, you know, up or or regenerating, or even looking at looking at some endings. And so, we want to be able to have that conversation today in ways that we can help organizations wherever they are in that cycle um, to do that, to do those next steps in a way that's healthy and and respectful and celebratory. I'll pause there and toss it to, to Matthew or to Kate.
1: Yep. I, I'm uh, really excited that Kate was able to join us. The uh, We first met in Lafayette, Louisiana when Music Cities was there and she worked for the city government and that's there, there and um but they are so lucky to have her as their executive director now and um for north america our ceo one of the things she's been working on hard that i want y'all to kind of make some space for right now is the opportunity that's coming with arpa and we've made the joke that this is a bit like arts organizations have been cutting up one turn up for a while and somebody is about to tip over a wheelbarrow um and who knows where all those turnups are gonna go in states that are getting billions of dollars um but we think um there's some great ways to plan that that helps the things we all are close to us Kate please uh take as much time as you you can just talk for a while would you about about this moment we're in what you're what you're gonna do about it
3: sure yeah thank you for having me good morning everyone um i I still am in Lafayette Louisiana and from here moved away and came home and uh, I'll follow Molly and and Matt's lead and say that uh, I'm in the home of Cajun and Creole uh, cultures here in Lafayette uh, as well as in Lafayette uh, the middle of the Takapa uh, territory here so um, we're you know we just we have been with sound diplomacy working so hard to celebrate music in a way that we all miss it we know that this is something that we haven't been able to experience for so long um, and, you know, in Lafayette, we have a World Music Festival, if you don't know, uh, with 450,000 people that come for Festival International. And we haven't had that last year or this year. And they've, you know, they've molded to the times as many arts organizations have. Um, and it's been really, gosh, inspiring to see how things have progressed and how really creative and innovative people have been. This is that was at Festival Acadienne at Creole that happens every October. It's our second largest festival. Uh, Both of those are free, by the way, if you ever want to come to Lafayette. But, you know, we really have seen, uh, like Molly said, a reset of these arts organizations, which, you know, we can face it. These arts organizations are always in react mode. They're always in struggle mode. They've never really had that forced reset. And there's really an opportunity that exists there from a framework perspective, from a refocus, from a strategic effort. But with combined with the turn of cart, uh, overturned as Matt put it, with the American Rescue Plan Act or ARPA, there really is an opportunity to, to really put some investment in that we haven't seen in generations towards our arts and culture infrastructure and really understanding and building back better uh, in relation to this reset that we're talking about. So, you know this really afforded agencies to do better and to think about what they really should be doing and want to be doing that's going to be helpful in a way that we haven't had a chance to do that. It's sort of just built on these old policies, built on the old way of doing things. And we, we tweak a little bit, but this was really kind of like, okay, we're going to kind of throw this out and start from scratch. And I think that that helps them be more ready and more resilient too, as we've See more factors from weather to worldwide pandemics, a lot of outside forces that really have forced our hand. Um, and so it's just I've been inspired both as a policy wonk, as as a you know as an arts advocate um, and an arts patron at really just the innovation that I've seen and the creativity around what we've seen in the last year eighteen months. Uh, in the absence of business as usual, going to live shows, going to festivals, um, we've had to see agencies find ways to make more money, be relevant, make create more awareness, advocate for themselves. Um, and one interesting thing, and I will maybe talk about it later, but as a music appreciator, I've really been inspired by watching friends or who are artists really experimenting in the in live streams and and doing things from their own house you know you used to see them playing the crowd favorites and sort of the same get-ups at the same venues, playing the same songs. But we've really seen them be more vulnerable and presenting work that maybe isn't that polished. They don't have to play these crowd favorites that are going to get them cover charges at the door. Um, so I've seen artists playing around with different costumes and lightings in their own living room and playing these you know, kind of raw versions of songs that that they're working on. And it's been a really interesting peek into their creative process and them growing as an artist in their reset. Um, and so, I, you know, I really want to toss it to Matt and Molly to, to also talk about this pause and some things that they've noticed. And uh, Matt, we can maybe talk about the ARPA stuff a little bit further.
1: Molly, I see you're unmuted. Jump in.
2: Great. Well, I think that and and just to um, reflect off of what Kate was saying, I you know, this idea of arts organizations also looking at um, experimentation and moving out of their comfort zone. And um, one of the things that I've seen uh, is the the need and the hunger in a lot of ways for arts organizations to have these um, really foundational conversations and necessary ones, particularly between staff and board, about um, taking more risks, knowing that we're in an untried time and situation, and um, what is your tolerance for failure or for experimentation, because that's different for every organization. So that's something that we really encourage is to Put those kinds of questions um, on the table and not make assumptions because we are having to try out new things. And as much as I am like a planning and evaluation wonk and, you know, got to have performance measures and we have to look at our outcomes. This is, you know, a time that's just different and we're going to have to try out new things. And, um, I was really taken, um, earlier this year, I did another, um, Conference with Matthew and for Folk Alliance International, and you know, they talked to their organizational members across the world about this idea of have you tried new things? What has that been like? And like half of them said, We tried something new. We didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but the effect it had on our people in terms of their morale and their satisfaction at just being able to step out there into the community and try something together was worth it. So many, um, things that are go beyond, you know, revenue or measurements or anything like that. So that's something that we are seeing as, as a really healthy piece, I think is to step into that unknown, not knowing exactly what you're going to get out of it. Um, but also you need to have candid conversations about how, what your threshold is. Um, uh, especially if you're, you know, risking as, you know, financial assets or other, other kinds of things of value. So.
1: It was so cool to see you and Jan, Newcomb from NCaper, that's the National Coalitions for Art Preparedness Response, talking about this kind of recentering your organization and what what does the community really need from you right now versus sort of what have you been always doing and how to really kind of quiet down to that moment, even though it's a pretty traumatic moment. You know, it's hard to 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 recenter. Um, some of the stuff that i've seen has definitely been inspiring during this time we've been working in denver a lot of artists musicians and event producers have been coming out to help do service for um, unhoused people who don't have access to clean water or hand washing stations and we've had 25 volunteers every sunday come out we build water stations to drink and to wash and um and do art and to kind of be in that that space um and mutual aid. I've learned a lot about that word this year, you know, the difference between charity and solidarity, boy, it's a big difference of who's got the power versus like, who's going to share mutually with each other. And, um, I've seen a lot of musicians, um, engaging in, 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 human rights, civil rights, racial equity stuff this year in a way that was um, Civic Center Park in Denver was full for weeks and weeks and weeks. And there was music there every um, every day. And that really helped to get centered. And um, uh, the part I think I would encourage people to go back to that um, Bulk Alliance, uh, the recordings of that, if they are kind of wanting to understand what some of the organizations where NITO came from and what NEVA is doing and some of these, you know, organizations, if you're in in that world, that's there's good resources in there. And then I will throw out th- that we are putting out a survey towards this um, community resilience. Uh, let's see if you can check out this art. Here's the idea quickly is that if you're an event producer or working in the kind of world of putting together large gatherings of people, you're making a temporary city. And so why not be available to your community on stormy days to help in disaster and sunny days to make ticketed events? This is the sort of curiosity we've got is how many people want to be involved in this? Because we think it could add a lot of resilience to your job if you have that other skill developed. And also we want to see arts. I think, um Kate, I'll, I'll throw this to you about uh, helping the the industries in the sector, this music sector get appreciated for something other than kind of making parties and, and which is true. But what else are we good for? What else is music good for, Kate?
3: Well, I mean, as we saw in 2020 with a lack of music, we really kind of lost the sense of community and gathering um and shared experience. And in that way, Music really provides an opportunity to be a recovery tool um, not only in a financial and economic way but also in a social uh, and health way. Music also is one of the fastest industries to get back to work. You don't have to wait for businesses to rescale up to get you know get their books right so they can bring people back on, but we're talking about you know gigs that are relatively affordable. And to be quite honest, restaurants and bars and venues are anxious to to get people back in their places. And one way to do that, one draw of that is music. Another thing that music is really good for is it's a quality of life, uh, you know, point system, right? And music is very high in the points. And so when what 2020 also showed us is that we're a completely migrant workforce now. We can, we can work from anywhere. And so music becomes the economic development tool, along with the rest of the cultural sector, in providing a place that workers want to be and with them come their own jobs. And that's also a really big shift in, in how we do things. And so all these economic development offices that have put so many resources towards ready sites, development-ready sites. And working with land and businesses now have a totally new arena to be focusing and adding those resources toward. And again, really could not be more opportunistic about the American Rescue Plan Act. ARPA can really funnel some money into these efforts in a way that we really haven't seen before. So, just for reference, some like, you know, like in Wisconsin, for instance, they went from having like a $35 million uh, annual budget to having like, hundreds of millions of dollars with ARPA. So there's just a really big opportunity to put some of this money to work. So with with our work with sound diplomacy and measuring and doing mapping work and regulatory assessments, there's really a lot of tools in this kit to build back better. And ARPA provides an opportunity for places that could never afford to do these kinds of things to actually equip themselves with this information and metrics in a way that we've never been able to experience and benefit from. And music is one of the easiest things to do. Uh it's one of the easiest infrastructures to support. It's one of the easiest regulations to start putting in to be more friendly. It's really just that we don't have those tools readily at our disposal. So again, ARPA is a really good opportunity if we can direct those funds because it's immediately uh relevant to what the the act lays out too.
1: We're so excited to be working on that. And um Alicia and Jenny with Majestic have been hard at work with you and we're um, excited to help bring stuff to the mapping of areas to kind of understand what the creative sectors, resilience, vulnerabilities are like, especially where do venues um, fit into shelter in place or other ways to make venues enhanced to host people. And CAPER has been working on that for a long time with stuff like the cultural placekeeping guide, certainly worth checking out. This is about how to make a, a network in your area. This is the kind of stuff that when we're looking for these types of federal dollars that are now a lot more available, if we say, hey, we want to build in equity and equality and accessibility from the start. These are very difficult things to add later on. But if we do them in the beginning, it can be much better. And Molly, in the minute we got left here, why is something like a midwife has a doula and then doulas also work in coming into life and going out of life, right? And so... Some people are amazingly talented and have figured out ways to enter into that space when venues are closing down. And how many have we lost, Kate? Like a bazillion, right? There's a lot of organizations, nonprofits, and rock and roll, sticky PBR on the floor, lots of places closing. Molly, your group with um, has been working on, on helping to make those transitions to shutting down less um, catastrophic. Um, a little bit about that.
2: Yes, thank you. We'll put some um, links for particularly the NCAPER uh, toolkit that we are building, um, the arts organizations at a crossroads, and this is really recognizing the fact that yes, some organizations have had to go into hibernation mode, some have had to reconsider you know, whether they're actually going to continue um, either at all or in a different phase, such as merging or being absorbed by another organization. And what we're really committed to at NCAPER is wanting, regardless of what that existential or life shift looks like, that we don't lose these incredible assets. You know, in the recession, so many organizations just had to suddenly close up shop and their records, their archives, their founders, everything just was behind closed doors. And so these resources that we are now offering free to the community are about that idea of let's not lose that, whether you just want to collect it, transfer it, record it, or just consolidate it because you are, before you get back up and running 100%, you have the time now to do some of that um, that collection and that celebration to make your lives easier as you move into your next phase of development. So those are all available at um, NCAPER.org. And I also just want to take 30 seconds to channel Malcolm White, this incredible uh, former director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, who after Katrina was so um, a driver um, at a state level and a national level and saying, you know, our communities can't come back until the arts and the culture and the music and the story comes back. And so as uh, Kate was saying about ARPA, you know, this is a chance to be at that table, in these larger conversations and just really communicating the fact that without the arts and culture and story at the table and being part of building communities back, we aren't going to be as resilient as we need to be for whatever happens next, good or bad. So I just want to advocate for, for Malcolm's wonderful, uh,
0: wonderful points.
1: Thank you both so much. Thanks, Storm, and your wonderful uh, cadre and and Gigi and your your folks who put this together. It's a heavy lift.
0: Well, thanks for listening to Amplify Music Conversations. We hope you enjoyed this discussion and come back to listen to our other podcast episodes, either following us in your favorite podcast player or at amplifymusic.org or even on YouTube and you can find a way to sign up for our email list and join our various groups on Facebook and on LinkedIn. We'd like to thank the Institute of International Business at the University of Colorado Denver, who sponsors this podcast series, as well as the conference sponsors, Mia, UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, the Creative Arkansas Community Hub and Exchange, Ben Zugel, Tully and Lyric Find. We've had great support putting this conference together this year, and we look forward to continuing these conversations with you through this podcast. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.